In this episode, we are going to look at a controversial subject, Bollywood. What is going on with Bollywood? What is wrong with it? What has worked for it? And we will look at it from the angle of business and digital technologies and how it's getting disrupted. And why is there so much noise about it and around it? So I hope you like this episode and I also have a friend who is joining me to make this a bit conversational. The idea is not to critique Bollywood and any of its uh, contributions, uh, but really examine what is going on. And there's no better way than to have a cup of coffee and discuss this with a good friend of yours. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Spotter. I was actually reading about this uh, Bollywood boycott. And there's this one particular article that I read in Money Control, which is titled The Politics of Bollywood Boycott. Mm-hmm. And then there was another article that I was reading in the Indian Express. Bollywood and the boycott campaign. How long will film biggest remain silent? But I just wanted to understand like what is really happening. I just have been seeing it for the last one or two weeks uh, in the news, but mm. I don't really get the point why are people wanting to boycott Bollywood. Yeah, I think it's a good topic to talk about. First of all, before we start, I think it's important to say that we are only here to analyze it from a business angle and not from not through our opinions. Uh, but with that out of the way, it's a good topic, and. It's important, I think, in in the case of Bollywood, to go a little back in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think India is uh, now in its 76th year after yeah. independence, and if you look at India's economic performance and development performance, it has been pretty good over the last uh, seven and a half uh, decades. Uh, whether you look at the rising middle class. reduction in poverty i mean all these can be debated we are not here to debate the economic performance of india but by and large most people would say that while we could have done much better we are still doing okay yeah right so and while in this whole journey from 47 to 2022 we have changed our ways as indians mm. and it's important for listeners who are listening to us in non india locations to know that you know we moved from a very agricultural based economy to a very modern economy yeah we moved from two wheelers to four wheelers yeah now we we've also moved from soaps to hand washes so we have been very accepting of new ways of living uh, a certain lifestyle mm-hmm. but what is very contrasting to all these things is that so while everything else we have changed we have not changed how we entertain ourselves somehow bollywood has remained a constant right. despite in our personal lives mm-hmm. we have changed a lot as a, as a society and we have adopted new ways we have stuck to bollywood mm-hmm. and any industry that is 100 years old obviously structures start to emerge the, there is a certain way of operating the business get solidified and they get baked into its places and it becomes this big monolithic building mm. uh, which is just too big and you know if you remove any pillar from underneath it will it 
can fall mm-hmm. so then obviously there is a desire to protect the structure and that is the reason why it has become so solidified and over a period of time on the consumer side we have now recently realized the news articles that you are pointing to is that the consumer has become a bit fatigued mm. with the same bollywood style of movies mm. and there are four things that are contributing to this consumer fatigue okay so we can go into detail but i can just quickly point out these one is talent the second is how financing and funding is happening today in bollywood the third is the themes and topics on which movies are made and finally the fourth is distribution right which is a very big competitive advantage for bollywood over the last 7 to 8 decades yeah but maybe we can go a bit deeper in these four things so the first point that you mentioned that is the talent and when you say talent there's also a lot of talk especially in bollywood these days about nepotism Mm-hmm. and there are some very prominent producers in bollywood which openly speak who openly speak about nepotism right right mm-hmm. yeah so is so according to your talent uh, you said there's one of the key points contributing to this boycott so yeah. is this one of the reasons or do you see any other reason so i mean there are four reasons we can go one by one in each let's take I talent mean, nepotism first nepotism for talent i meant is, yeah yeah within okay so within uh, talent yes yeah uh, and okay. the problem in bollywood is that because it has lived for so long unchallenged mm. there has not been any competition to bollywood that all these structures have solidified and talent sourcing is something that has also solidified and the way talent is being churned out in bollywood it seems to be those people who were first generation bollywood actors stakeholders mm. tend to pass on the baton if it were to their kin yeah like their sons and daughters and that some of them become actors some yeah. become producers some become directors and then the second generation does the same thing and the third to the third right. generation and so on which is what we have been seeing yeah, yeah which is what we have been seeing i mean there are some prominent families and uh, i don't mean to demean them obviously they have contributed to our national culture i mean don't yeah. forget that bollywood is also considered a soft power they have a place in our history yeah but at least internally the way they have sort of perpetuated their uh, their bandwagon is through passing on the baton to uh, to their kin right sons daughters etc yeah. so and that and that has caused uh, a lot of erosion in talent quality mm. because their now what i just described i would call as the first mile problem now if you look at the career of an actor and if you look at it in the context of multiple miles that the actor runs throughout his lifetime or her lifetime the first mile is very important the first mile is the onboarding mile it's how actors and actresses get into the industry either through a referral or through an audition uh, and in the case of bollywood first mile is a very controversial topic the second third fourth and other miles over a period of a long career hardly matter because that is decided by the actor's prowess competence the ability to engage the crowd 
and to have a meaningful conversation through the films that they enact but it is really the first mile which makes or breaks entry into bollywood the first mile is disproportionate it's usually bollywood families that have worked in the industry for a very long time it's those guys who get the first right of way and that's a big problem if you think about it the other way to think about first mile is to not have the first mile at all imagine if uh, some of the actors and actresses that you see on screen who belong to prominent families were to not have the first mile what would then happen well well your guess is as good as mine yes it would be very difficult for them to enter the industry so for me the first mile captures the real problem it captures the real feature of bollywood in terms of how it onboards good talent and what it therefore considers good over the long period of time it also is a defining characteristic of making sure that talent is perpetuated through families and families perpetuate talent the yardstick is not quality and merit right but it is families you belong to yeah and uh, that has kept the pool of talent pretty much unchallenged from outside it. and when you keep seeing the same kind of people doing movies mm. fatigue can set in so right. that is like one fourth of the reason i feel why talent is a problem okay uh, and the last point on talent is that if you spend eight decades and uh, you can count on your fingers the most popular stars right right so take amitabh bachchan 3 4 decades then the next generation had shahrukh khan and salman khan and all these guys hmm. next 3 4 decades right and the same with directors the same with music directors yeah because there are so few and they don't compete with each other necessarily hmm. they become over a period of time god like yeah and when they become god like success and failure of a movie doesn't depend on the script the screenplay cinematography music but it just depends on that one person which is another consequence of yeah nepotism right to a certain extent i mean one can argue whether it is good or bad yeah yeah uh, but yeah so that's where i would conclude on the talent part so the it all depends on the one person there yeah. is a similar uh, statement from one of the prominent actors from south india yeah and uh, who is vijay devakonda and he said for a movie there are generally like 200 to 300 people that work and there are many families that are being fed through these movie productions mm-hmm. but then again it all depends on tags to just one person right right so and and that is the problem you know that yeah, yeah. that is the that is why i think south indian movies another thing we should tell our viewers is that mm-hmm. south indian movies are doing pretty well but it's not like they had a meeting together yeah. where all the non bollywood movie producers and directors met and devised a strategy to overthrow bollywood it is just a consequence of what is happening to bollywood that they are 
suddenly realizing they have an audience beyond south india and mm. so now they are dubbing movies into languages and yeah they are getting a lot of success in the hindi speaking part of india so that is the structure of our industry at least not in south india that much because south india pretty much has given us stars who are not necessarily from the family i mean there are few examples who come from families yeah. but by and large if you look at all the female actors in south india they come from the north yeah and which is quite quite surprising and they are not all these female actors are from prominent movie families, movie families yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. so then it's interesting that you brought up south india and the second reason also is maybe pointing towards topics so when you say topics is it these stories that you are referring to these days we also see a lack of good content especially in bollywood and that's where i think south india is getting it right yeah again going back in time when india got independent the first 5 decades 6 decades were pretty much without the internet i could be wrong on the timelines but pretty much 5 5 and a half decades was without the internet and the first phase of internet wasn't very content heavy it was simply websites right so the source of entertainment for people in india was bollywood yeah and maybe tv serials soap operas etc and because there was no challenge to bollywood the topics that they were picking was pretty much to themselves mm-hmm. now it didn't mean that they were not picking topics from the society but the problem with them was that they kept harping on the same kind of topics from time to time so romantic movies or movies with a hero and a villain or movies with politicians right who are uh, bad so these are many examples of topics and you could go back in time and i'm pretty sure movie by movie you could slot them in these two to three categories mm. and there could be more categories but it was a finite set of categories that the entire generation of indians got used to and it just made the whole richness of topics pretty finite and very dry okay. now when we are in the internet era mm. we have access to many different kinds of content content yeah short long form independent sponsored etc all kinds of content podcast being one other kind of content yeah people have more choices with the same finite set of topics and stories coming out of bollywood i think that is a second contributor to their fatigue mm. after talent right so finite pool of talent and finite pool of uh, stories to pick from i think audiences have moved a little bit beyond what mm. bollywood can offer It's also in a way made be limiting to the creative aspects in that industry. Right, right. Yeah. right. It limits creativity. You are right. Yeah, yeah. And then you also brought up financing as another reason. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one because again, you if you go back from 1947, we keep going back there. Yeah, yeah. Because it's important to paint that context. So when you have first generation actors, one day they will get old. and in the time that they will make their movies they would have made significant money mm. so when they are out of the limelight they either turn directors or producers yeah and by the time they become directors producers they have their next of kin who are in their teens yeah who are ready to be launched yeah so with all that money they launch i mean one example that you took of a popular 
एक्स डायरेक्टर हु इज़ नाउ अ प्रोड्यूसर हु कीप्स लॉन्चिंग द सन्स एंड डॉटर्स ऑफ वेरियस फैमिलीज इज़ अ गुड एग्जाम्पल राइट सो दिस परपेचुएट्स इट सेल्फ राइट सो फाइनेंसिंग इज प्रिटी मच देन कमिंग फ्रॉम विद इन बॉलीवुड हाउ दे आर एबल टू सोर्स अडिशनल फाइनेंसिस मे बी फ्रॉम आउटसाइड ऑल्सो बट द डिसीजन ऑफ हाउ दैट फाइनेंस दैट मनी कम्स इन एंड हाउ इट गेट्स एलोकेटेड एंड टू हू इट गेट्स एलोकेटेड इज प्रिटी मच इंटरनल राइट सो इफ यू एंड आई वर टू मेक अ मूवी टूडे it would be very difficult for us to get any finance yeah maybe we would have a good script or a good screenplay and all of those things but we would not get that money we would not have uh, access to yeah so the finance it's very controlled and uh, the decisions on where to deploy that finance to which movies to which topics to is pretty much taken internally yeah yeah i see finance and talent since i mean you have explained it in a way because it points to it being called as a closed system yeah right? yeah finance and talent are within some set of families right right it's like a walled garden and yeah. all of these things talent finance and topics they reside within the walled walled garden yeah and few people enter if they enter they become part of the whole system right but most people are kept out yeah uh, i am not saying that they are deliberately kept out but if you look at business strategy in general you mm-hmm. want to keep your competitors at bay so part of it is rooted in business strategy also why would you want to democratize a certain business when you have a competitive advantage there right right but the problem with bollywood is that they are also doing a national service mm-hmm. they are public figures right so there is a line which is blurred as to whether you should be qualified as a business or should you be looked at as something more than a business mm. something that means to the core of the people you represent mm. and if you represent them should you keep it closed mm. so yeah I, i feel like those are questions that are being asked now by viewers and that's why the third reason also is the financing is only reaching to those movies which have good actors which have, which have actors, topics yeah. that have been historically successful and so the consumer the viewer doesn't have a choice yeah so that's why they are getting rejected uh, from time to time the movies i mean mm-hmm. now let's take an example recently there was a movie which is called dobara and for those who don't understand hindi it just means one more time anyway so the protagonist in this movie is a very celebrated actress she's she's pretty good she's definitely not uh, from any bollywood family she has made her way into the industry here's the interesting part the movie comes out and day one collections are reported in media so let's do the math together so the collections on day 1 across 370 theaters is 42 lakhs which is about 52500 dollars that amounts to about 141 dollars per theater right and if you assume that every theater has one screen which is an overly simplistic assumption and if every ticket costs about 150 rupees which is which is about 2 dollars 
then the number of seats that have been bought are 70. Now, multiplex screen in India is 150 seats. Uh, so 70 seats out of 150, which is half the occupancy for one screening. Now that's a disaster. Now the reason that is a disaster is because most multiplexes do not have one screening of a movie. So if it is 70 seats, you can assume that in a day you have about two screenings of this movie per multiplex. So that's actually 35 out of 150 seats for every screening, right? And that is abysmal. That Those collections are abysmal. 35 out of 150 is a fifth or 20% occupancy. And that is why I call it a disaster. Uh, because for no fault of this actress, uh, she has been lumped together, Bollywood represents, at least to the consumers, uh, to a large extent. And because of that, she has had to suffer. And then you also spoke about distribution. Um, I mean, yeah. in this age of OTTs and other streaming platforms, what are your views on distribution? Yeah, so again, distribution, same thing. The longer the business thrives, the more solidified the distribution system is. Forget about Bollywood, you can take FMCG as an example. FMCG's core competitive advantage is not the products that they are selling, hmm. but it's the distribution network the distribution that they have. Yeah. And uh, FMCG companies invest a lot in making sure they keep their distributors happy, hmm. whether it is the primary distributors or the secondary ones or the tertiary ones. They spend a lot of time and energy on managing the distribution pretty well. Mm. And it is the same case in the case of Bollywood also. So, mm. I mean, we can't blame them. Every business has to go out and people have to access and consume it and pay money for it. Yeah. And so, the longer the business thrives, the more crystallized the distribution network becomes. Yeah. In this case, the endpoints are all the multiplexes and cinema halls across India. Yeah. Right, so the coupling between those endpoints and Bollywood is very tight mm. and it becomes tighter and more solidified as time progresses mm. and you are effectively looking at a monopoly because right. the supply of talent is limited, financing is discretion based yeah. and uh, topics are also curated and also the distribution lines are pretty much open to you. Mm. So in other words, if you and I wanted to make a movie could we distribute it to 370 screens across India? The answer is no. Yeah. Probably we'll not get a chance, but yeah. maybe we, we might have a good story. Right. So together these four things create a monopolistic situation where the service provider, in this case Bollywood, decides what is the price and what is the quantity, the products and services they give. Right. Right. right? So distribution is also a very big part to play. So with all these four reasons laid out, how would we come out of this? Yeah, you mentioned OTTs. Right. So because of the access to internet and smartphone penetration in India and across the world, now uh, over-the-top platforms are pretty much mainstay. Mm. And they are creating a substitution effect vis-a-vis yeah. -vis Bollywood. Yeah. Okay. Because talent becomes sourced from various platforms, mm. not just Bollywood. So mm. talent is disrupted. 
financing comes from platforms and mind you these platforms are not just global platforms like netflix hmm. if you zoom into every market you will also find regional platforms regional platforms yeah language based platforms yeah right and thematic platforms some cater to movies some are regionally uh, oriented so from all these platforms together cumulatively talent becomes disrupted in bollywood that gets disrupted uh, financing gets disrupted because now the platforms also are deciding on what content to give access to viewers distribution gets disrupted obviously because i don't have to go to a cinema hall mm. i can get quality content netflix. beamed right into my television through yeah. netflix and through all the other platforms and also topics become completely unbundled because now i can choose documentaries on one day i can go to uh, uh, some series on the second day yeah if i'm getting bored maybe i can go back on a nostalgia trip and watch an old bollywood movie yeah and on the fourth day i could watch a fantasy movie yeah right so all these four things get disrupted and uh, from ott we need to take a lot of inspiration mm. and there are three four models that we can go into okay where probably the the industry can move right so then ott would point to more uh, decentralization yeah. yeah yeah i think one model can be completely decentralized so today content is being curated by the netflixes of the world and you see how netflix also now is experiencing a drop in subscriptions right because people are getting fatigued out plus post pandemic people have less time to watch also yeah. because now they are going to offices carrying on with their lives traditionally netflix has curated content they have partnerships in all markets mm. they also have partnerships in bollywood so they are running their own studios financing other studios they are coming up with content it's getting deployed on netflix and you and me watch that content we pay a certain subscription so we are paying to netflix and in turn their contracts are with the studios and the actors and actresses etc but in a purely decentralized platform what could essentially happen is lot of content could come uh, to the platform yeah and lot of users could come to that platform and if i liked your movie let's say you came up with a movie mm. which otherwise would never see light of day in bollywood right then i could have uh, a contract with you where i want to just view it once so let's say 9 o'clock i want to view your movie mm. i pay for your movie yeah you get all the money there are no middlemen mm mm-hmm. so there is a finite 3 hour contract i sign with you digitally right through maybe a blockchain and uh, you get all the money i get to view the movie and then likewise every other day i can choose the kind of content creators and pay them directly right right so there is no need for a netflix also mm. now obviously it is utopian but you can see how it allows complete unbundling of supply and demand because all kinds of content creators good or bad can come and yeah. all kinds of viewers can come and it could be a one on one smart contract blockchain based transaction for watching stuff right so that could be one model yeah and then the other two yeah the other model could also be that uh, you know i like to take inspiration from completely different businesses so if you look at sports for example mm-hmm. whether it is tennis football uh, or cricket you have an institutional setup so you have regional teams right 
who surface talent from the ground then some guys from that go to the national level and then from the national level they play for the country yeah. or for the league yeah whatever be the sport so in india for example there are probably a billion people and out of a billion people i'm pretty sure that there's a lot of talent there that yeah. we haven't seen yeah so maybe it is a good idea to put in place a similar system i mean india has a history of running cricket pretty well and the same institutional model can be replicated where talent from the ground can be surfaced and brought up and then that talent can be then fed to bollywood right so it's more like a merit based system yeah i would say yeah merit based because obviously the way talent would graduate up to national level would be through good acting for example right right bad actors would obviously not be encouraged mm. or they would not actually bubble up right and then the, that talent pool could then be uh, fed to bollywood who could then make movies with these guys yeah. now it's easier said than done because also there is personal appeal to actors yeah like the same actor 5 years ago can become very popular 5 years from now so just this model doesn't help right. but at at least there is a way to surface talent yeah yeah making them popular is a different thing that is completely up to those actors right based on their merit right but at least there is a system the other model can is around financing mm. so unbundling financing is very important so there i would like to take example of uh, how retail investors invest in stocks and funds yeah today in all markets around the world you can either invest into a stock or you can invest into a fund of stocks mm-hmm. in india we call it mutual funds yeah but stock uh, a fund with various kinds of stocks so if you remove stocks and you insert films let's say there are 5 to 6 films that mm. bollywood is planning mm. here i am using bollywood as a metaphor right i don't mean today's bollywood yeah but let's say 5 6 films are being planned mm. that can then be rolled into a fund which can then be advertised to people like you and me right and uh, depending on our appetite we can participate and fund those movies mm. maybe through monthly payment or through a lump sum payment and uh, likewise more people participate in its funding then the movie is made and then the movie does well or doesn't do well just like a stock and accordingly our returns are calculated and given at right so that will democratize and unbundle the financing right because why should uh, levers of prosperity be locked to a few people yeah yeah right i mean free markets is an important construct in any democratic society and so maybe uh, democratizing sources of funding mm. so that it it is accessible to people like you and me uh, can also help in scaling bollywood to what it is so maybe we, that way financing can be made available from all of us all right. so that the scale of bollywood reaches to not just 200 300 or 3000 families but to millions of families yeah so it can actually become a far bigger business that impacts lives and it can be qualified as a short term fund because you know the movie is made then it is released 
and then you immediately get the return so it's it's not a growth fund but it's right. a short term fund just like a equity fund right right this is so a, that would be a third model this third model is really interesting I've yeah never thought about it but yeah it's really really good especially when you uh, try to tie it with the mutual funds model and you're right. trying to bring the risk level down if some one of us has to produce it Correct. we are like bundling four or five movies together yeah yeah and then we pitch in how much yeah so we are de-risking movies also because sources of fund are now fragmented to a larger set of fund providers yeah money providers like you and me and uh, if the movie doesn't do well then the impact you and i will have on our returns will also be minimal also because minimal. we will be invested in so many other yeah fu- similar funds right right so there is no reason why bollywood should be a walled garden right with all the good it has done for us and i mean i'm quite indebted in the same way that there is no reason why only a blackberry phone should exist forever right. as we saw right like yeah. now we have iphones who thought apple would make phones yeah and with changing times i think uh, it's quite inevitable and necessary that businesses should change I think that is what I would uh, say. Yes. Do you have any thoughts? No. I mean, uh, I had very similar thoughts, but uh, you kind of explained how Bollywood should approach this problem. Mm. And it's really interesting, especially these models on uh, how we have described them. I think it should be some key points for all of us to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I think the idea for us is to encourage our listeners to also think. Yeah. So obviously many of these ideas may not see light of day but I think it is an important conversation in a society like India and bear in mind that Bollywood is no more just serving Indians and the subcontinent it is pretty much a global product yeah so there is bigger responsibility on making its quality much better and making the whole model scalable yes yes Thank you for listening to this episode of Spotter. Spotter is a podcast on all things digital and explores the difficulties and challenges and some of the lessons we can draw from looking at stories of digital enterprises. Tell me what you think about it in the comments or in your reviews. Subscribe to the podcast. Do tell me what else I could do for you and what other conversations we could have. The podcast is doing very well. It's already climbed up the charts. It's a, now in India about 114. The last time I checked, and I want to thank everyone who's listening to this podcast wherever they are. It's also growing in some of the Nordic markets, so thank you to my Nordic listeners. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, and I hope to see you again. Thank you very much for listening.